Hello, welcome back to Sip Tea with Allie, and today I am going to be chatting with y'all while I am unpacking, um, and then after this episode I have to do a bunch of laundry, woohoo! Anyways, I thought it would be fun to catch y'all up on what's been going on my in my life recently. Um, I think I mentioned in my last episode that I was going to be quite busy and I have all this stuff that I need to do, um... And, like, I was going to be traveling and stuff, so I was quite busy with that. But before I left for my trip, I, like, got all my thoughts and feelings out um, for the outsiders. Like, I wrote it all down. This is just a fraction of it because I um, was thinking about some more stuff last night. So I thought I would share what I wrote with y'all because that's also part of my life, and I think one thing I find annoying, I guess, is how um, I've had people tell me, Allie, you just move from one obsession to the next. You you like one thing, and then you move on, and then you like another thing, and you move on, and it's all this just this obsession, and mm, nobody gets it. You know, my family doesn't get it. Um, I've had friends not get it before. I don't know if you even have, like, a particular friend, um, say something kind of rude to me about that before. And, um, maybe, like, several times, too. Anyways, let's just not talk about that, but, um, it's in the past, y'all. But I don't think people realize what it means to me. So, so you're not, like, confused about why this book is something I suddenly fell in love with, something that has changed me. You're like, how does this apply to your life? Because you don't have their problems. You're not living a life like they are. How could you relate to them? I'm going to tell you why. So I'm going to read the thing that I wrote, and I'm going to elaborate on that and explain what I meant with that. Because there's also some more feelings that I kind of realized... I was experiencing because of the outsiders afterwards and a lot of it has to do with some personal reasons that I would rather not say um and but I'll kind of elaborate on in the best way that I possibly can if that makes sense so what the outsiders has done for me I don't think I have ever felt more confused about what I wanted to do with my life and what my purpose was than before I picked up the outsiders um I'm gonna stop here and kind of tell y'all why I feel like God wanted me to read The Outsiders. Um, so I had some online friends who had read The Outsiders, and they really liked it. And I had known about this for several months now, uh, maybe even a year. Um, I just kind of, it didn't really, not a year, but um, just several months. And it didn't really hit me, and I was just kind of like, whatever. Whatever. That's cool. It just didn't seem like the type of thing I would I would like and I would get into. And, um, you know, I was more focused on some other stuff. And so I was like, whatever. Then I start to see more people, like, connecting with this book. Um, I had, there was a lot of people, um, not a lot, but there was just, like, two particular people. Um, two friend, online friends that, um really connected with this book and they kind of wrote something about it 
And I was like, I didn't read all of it, but I just kind of like, whoa, I can see that this book means a lot to them. And I, you know, I didn't quite understand why, but I was like, okay, whatever, cool. A few days later, I'm like bored out of my mind, going crazy, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do with my summer? Um, As I mentioned before at the beginning, like when I started reading this, I said, I don't think I've ever felt more confused about what I wanted to do with my life and what my purpose was than before I picked up The Outsiders, okay? Keep in mind that I'm still in that state. I'm still in that that same state of mind, Um, but I have a little bit more clarity because I'm realizing that confusion can sometimes be okay. Anyways, back to what I was saying. So I went to Half Price Books with my brother, and I was like, you know, bored out of my mind. Uh, not Half Price Books. We went to Barnes & Noble. I was bored out of my mind, and then I saw in the um, summer reading section, The Outsiders. I was like, oh my gosh, cool. Um, you know, I had some friends that I read it, that had read it before I told you that, and I was kind of like, oh, cool. And then, then my brother was like, oh yeah, I watched that movie with dad, and, and um grandpa sorry I got caught off caught uh, sorry I got cut off at the end uh, okay anyways um as I was saying basically went to Barnes and Noble saw the book my brother was like oh yeah I remember watching that with dad and grandpa like several months ago and then he tried to kind of explain the plot to me and I was like cool didn't end up getting that book I ended up getting the Guernsey Literary Potato Peel and Pie Society book because I watched the film with um, Lily James, which is one of my favorite female actresses. Um, so I watched the film with some friends during quarantine, which was great. We did it for like a Netflix watch party. So I'm excited to read that book, but I didn't get The Outsiders, okay? So you're kind of like, okay, how, when did you read The Outsiders? Literally, that was on Monday. That's Sunday. Um, several days later, that's Sunday. Um, was it Memorial Day? It was some holiday, yeah. And, um, no, Monday was, like, Memorial Day, and then we had, like, the long weekend. It was some long weekend holiday. And we went to church the night before and everything, so we had all of Sunday free. I, but, um, not all of it, because we were having some friends over for kind of, like, dinner and games type deal. So, we ended up cleaning a lot of that day but that morning my dad was watching a movie and I was like dad have you heard of the outsiders and he was like yeah um and he was like I I mean I've seen it before and he mentioned that you know he showed it to my brother um and my grandpa and so that was pretty cool I was like cool and he's like you know it's on this streaming service for free for like two more days and I was like wait what (laughs) so I was like let's watch it so I ended up watching all of it except most of it I ended up watching by myself um but I was having a really bad anxiety attack that day so it was kind of hard to concentrate so I you know was watching this but I wasn't paying attention entirely but I was also pretty like enveloped in the storyline even though I was kind of like my my thoughts were elsewhere but it was definitely a good distraction and I remember certain scenes really did like stick out to me and 
kind of resonated with me when I watched it. And I had to pause, had to pause it. They were just about to go and start the rumble, but I had to pause it because it needed to clean. So I had like about 20 something minutes left of the movie and I had cleaning that I needed to get done because we had people coming over. So I was like, okay, I'll have to finish this later. But I had a feeling in my heart that it was going to go downhill from there. So we had about 20 and about 20, 30 minutes left. I think it was more like 20. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Like everything was escalating and I could tell the climax was coming. And, um... It was a horrible place to stop, let's just say that. And then I ended up asking my dad later that night because I knew that I was going to have a really busy day the next day because it was friend's birthday. And the day after that, I can't remember, I had something else. So I wasn't going to have time to finish watching it for free on the streaming service. So I was like, okay. So I asked my dad, okay, how does it end? And he told me what happened. And I regretted it immediately when it happened. Like when he explained what happened and I was like, why did I let him spoil that for me? He's like, do you really want to know? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. So he told me. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know? Um, and then I want to say about a week or no, two weeks later. So two weeks passed. Kind of was like, oh, that was pretty good. And basically what I was thinking the first time. I was like, that was pretty good. Then I was... um Scroll on Instagram, saw something related to the Outsiders Museum, the house in Tulsa. And he was like, and I sent it to my dad. And he was like, oh, that's really cool. We should go sometime. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, could, do you think we could go soon? And mainly was just kind of looking for an excuse to like have a little road trip, I guess. Um, Obviously, my opinion on that has changed now. Um, And he was like, I'll take you, but you have to read the book first. So that day, I was like, okay, fine. So that day, my mom and I had to do a bunch of errands. So I was like, can we go to Half Price Books so I can pick it up? I can pick up a copy. So we did after we were done with our errands. Um, picked up a, a copy of The Outsiders. And it's like that premium edition I talked about before. I need to get another I need to get another book, though, because I gripped the cover so badly while reading it. I was just so invested in the story that, like, the front cover is not in good condition, but that just shows you how enveloped I was into the storyline. Anyways, read that. Um, I started reading it, and it was, like, the beginning of me reading it was just really slow. Just me. Like, I was really, really liking it, and I loved it. But it was taking me quite a while because I just was so busy with stuff. And then I actually took, um, let's see, like two or three days to just like knock out pretty much the whole rest of the book. Um, and I was about 30 pages in. So I literally took, I want to say like a Tuesday of one week. And then the following week, I took a Monday and a Tuesday to just like read the whole rest of the book. And let's just say I was not okay afterwards. Um, I actually, so I didn't cry at the end. I was shocked. Um, I was kind of, I felt numb. Um, 
and it hurt. And everything just really hadn't quite hit me yet. But the funny thing is, is I actually ended up crying when I was only about two chapters in. And that's kind of where the more personal side of the story comes into play. And it has to do with this letter that I wrote to my dad that I'd rather, like, not really say anything about, um, like, on here because, I mean, it's more personal. So I, I'd love to have a conversation on one-on-one with a, a friend. So if you're a good friend of mine and you're listening to this and you want to hear that story, I'd be happy to share it with you. Anytime I tell the story, I almost cry. Um, so <laughs> be prepared for that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of more of that, more of that personal aspect to the story that really got me, I want to say in the first 30 pages of the book is when I was crying. It wasn't really when I was reading it that I was crying. It was like after I had read it and I was really just sitting down and thinking about it all that I cried. And honestly, I'm a super emotional person. I'm a big crybaby. My whole family knows that. Um, and I'm just a big softy. <laughs> but it takes a lot for me to cry in a movie. Um, like, I will feel a lot of sorrow over the death of a character or something in a film. But it's... I've never really cried while watching films or cried while reading books um, like I have with The Outsiders and with um, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Um, and I was kind of shocked how... But these those two books to this day are still books that kind of have been forming me into a better person. But rather, it's God forming me into a better person by working through those works of literature. So there's a little bit of a background story as to how I was led to this book and how I feel like it was God. It was like God was pointing to it everywhere Um, because it was just really random. It was in the summer reading section at Barnes and Noble and immediately my eyes were immediately drawn to it and I was like for some reason I felt like I needed to read it but I was like oh no that sounds too stressful. Oh no that'll just make my anxiety bad. So I was like and what's weird too is like all the other summer reading books were just like all the like a bunch of classics and then you had like the outsiders um which technically isn't considered a classic because it's not like in the public domain and all that kind of stuff and there's some other reasons why um it's not exactly considered a classic yet anyways um I just thought it was really random how it was there, but I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, But I figured, like, sometimes, and and it wasn't until afterwards that I realized, oh, yeah, like, that makes sense. Because I know that some schools require 7th and 8th graders to read The Outsiders, and that could have been on the summer reading list for some kids. So, that's just a possibility. Um, That's probably why it was in the summer reading list section. I mean, it was in an adult fiction, maybe. I think it was just in the adult fiction area in Barnes & Noble. It was just up there, and I was like, okay, cool. Um, but I just felt immediately drawn to it for some reason, and then it, it just was weird because that very week, I was just kind of like, I woke up one day and was like, hey, Dad, have you heard of The Outsiders? And he's like, yeah, I remember watching it. Like, he he remembers watching it several times growing up, and um, he was kind of telling me about how, like, he doesn't, he's not one to cry at all when it comes to, to, um, 
films or anything because he's just kind of like, oh, that's a moving story. He moves on. It's never like something causes him to choke up, but he said he remembers when he was young and he watched that and he said like even like that movie got him in a way. He didn't really know why at the time, but it made him like choke up and, you know, cry, (laughs) want to cry. I don't know if he ever did. He never admitted it, but he said that it made him choke up. And I was like, whoa, that's saying a lot for my dad. So I just thought that was really sweet when I heard that. And it was really crazy because it was on a a new streaming service that my dad literally just decided to try out that day. And it was for free and it was only on there for two more days. And I was kind of like, whoa, what the heck? This just, it, and I was just kind of like, I needed to watch it for some odd reason. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. So I ended up watching it, like I said, but I didn't watch all of it. Um, I ended up just coming around and watching the full thing um, last week. Not like, I guess since today's Sunday, it's the start of a new week. So it wasn't last week, but the week before that. I ended up watching it with my dad before I went out of town. We watched the the complete novel version. So it had like an additional 20 minutes added to it. So I basically got to watch 40 minutes that I hadn't seen before. So that was great. Um, and there's also some other extra stuff that that's on the complete novel edition that I still haven't watched yet. Like behind the scenes, I've seen like clips of and stuff, but I haven't just sat down and watched them all. Something I want to try to do maybe this week because I'm going to work on a little project this week, but obviously have to unpack do laundry and all this other stuff this week but that's okay I'm trying not to think about that right now <laughs> I'm just like okay I just wanted to make a podcast episode just to get some thoughts out there some feelings out there thought it would help me to better concentrate on the task that I need to do anyways um so that's just like a little bit of background as to why I felt like God just pointed me to it and then I was kind of like okay but why And here's what I wrote kind of comes into more. Um, There's just more context to it. So I don't think I have ever felt more confused about what I wanted to do with my life and what my purpose was than before I picked up the outsiders. The tears that I silently shed in my room made my heart feel heavy. Everyone around me seemed to have their lives all put together. They graduated with good scholarships and are preparing to go off to college. They're striving at their jobs and going out with their friends. And I wondered where, where I went wrong. Maybe I haven't been trusting God in the way that I should. Maybe I have been trying to numb the pain with social media, song, or writing. I wonder why I couldn't trust. I had every reason to be happy. A home, clothes, food, family, friends, etc. But I still felt empty and lonely. I was aching for something more. High school is supposed to be the time of your life. The highlight of your youth. But what if it's one of the most trying times of, our, of your life? A time where you have to accept that you're growing apart from your friends. A time where you have to make big decisions and accomplish big milestones. A time where you just don't fit in and have a desire, to, but also have a desire to do so. A time where your hormones are off the wazoo, but you still got to show up to the SAT and turn in your homework every week. I have always been labeled as the innocent, sensitive, and timid type. Sure I am, and I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes I wish people knew that I was tough in my own way. Fighting a battle like scrupulosity is just as tough as other battles, if not tougher. 
You're at war with your heart, conscience, and soul. So why the outsiders? Well, we've all felt like we're outcasts. Maybe it was something that someone said to you when you were little that left a scar on your heart. Maybe it was having the biggest crush on a guy and realizing that you weren't good enough. Maybe it was realizing that boy was going to go off and date someone that wasn't good, good for him that would wreck you. You wanted to change yourself in order to be loved. It wasn't easy, but you had to choose to move on and learn to accept yourself as you are. Maybe it was because your old best friend didn't stand up for you when a girl pointed to you and said, why is she following us? Maybe it's because people would look at you a certain way. Maybe it's because you used to wonder if people would cry if you died. Maybe it's because you want to tell people it's not too late. Maybe it's because you want to remind others and yourself that it's not too late, too late to become the person that God made you to be. Maybe it's because your best friend that loved you for you moved away when you were only three. Maybe it's because you had to learn to cope with your anxiety and lack of sleep by locking yourself in your closet, blaring your albums. I know for sure that I have been in every one of those situations. My family keeps wondering why I care so much about what other people think or why I have become a nervous wreck. The trust, is the trust issues I have with people that started when I was just a little girl has turned me into a fight or flight mess. My dilated pupils don't lie. The knot in my stomach doesn't lie. These problems are small, but these little wounds on my heart have been built up over time. In my own way, I have had to learn how to cope. I'll go and pick at them until they, I'll have to, I'll go and pick at my scars until they bleed and scar over again. The cycle just repeats. I want to find healing. I want to trust God. But right now I feel distant. I feel so confused. There's no there's not one thing I'm good enough at to pursue anymore. There's nowhere to go or run except into God's arms. But what if you feel unworthy? What if you are stuck on the outside? What if it's too late to heal? Well, it was God who reminded me through Essie Hinton and Johnny in particular that you still have a lot of time to make yourself be what you want to be. Johnny Cade taught me what it me means to be gallant like those Southern fellows. He taught me the meaning of staying gold. Dallas Winston taught me that we do have a breaking point, but if we are tough enough, then we won't get hurt. Daryl Curtis taught me to hold on tight to my siblings and protect them. Soda Pop Curtis taught me how to be drunk on just plain living. He taught me the power of a smile and how to be a hard worker. Steve Randall taught me how to stand up for my, my friends and taught me how to embrace being tough. Keith Matthews taught me to loosen up and embrace being me. And Pony Boy Curtis, he taught me it's okay to feel things differently. It's okay to be the type of person that watches the sunsets and thinks about how someone else is watching that same sky. Is that sky that God allows our dead loved ones to paint? These seven boys taught me about the meaning of a true family, a family that would do anything for one another. And I think that they would have all went to the church and saved those kids but would I have I think these boys these boys made me want to I know for sure that I would have done it in a heartbeat Cherry Bob and Randy reminded me that things are rough all over those that are the homecoming king and queen type don't have it easy sometimes those are the most broken people because they just sweep their problems under a rug drink and buy whatever the heck they want so at the end of the day we're not all that different. Family isn't always who you're born into, but who you would die for. 
We're all gallant, tough, and gold in our own way. God reminds us that it isn't too late. This book opened up a part of my heart that made me realize that maybe I feel like I don't fit in, but what if none of us do? What if it's because we were made for another world? Because these seven boys made me realize that it's okay to feel like an outsider. Why fit in when you weren't meant to? I was tired of people thinking I was timid, weak, and an anxious wreck. I wanted to get the guts to not be a pushover anymore. I want to become tough, gallant, and gold. I may always be a blonde-headed monkey, but at least I know it's not too late to become who I want to be. It's not too late to let the Dallies, Steves, Sodas, Dairies, Johnnies, Tubits, Ponyboys, Bobs, Randies, and Cherries of the world know that. Because we're all a little broken inside, and that's okay. Maybe this story made me realize that it's okay to feel alone, confused, and conflicted. I'm just going to try my best and enjoy the little things in life, like chocolate cake, cartoons, chocolate milk, books, movies, walks, car rides, sunsets, poetry. And now, at the end of the day, I have two things in my mind, God and what it means to be gallant. So there was my sort of essay about what the outsiders means to me. Um, Man, it's something that I want to try to find a way to write as a letter and send it to Essie Hinton. Not that she would ever (laughs) reply or anything. I just want her to know. Um, Because, as you can tell, this has done a lot for me. Um, Recently, I felt like I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough to get into a certain college that I want to get into. And it's made me just want to give up and not care. And it's really hard when you see everyone around you have it all together. Everyone around you that didn't have to work as hard as you did to get where they were. And it's frustrating because I work so hard. I've given so many things my all, but I will never be as smart as my friends. (laughs) I will never be as good of a writer as some of my friends. I will always just be mediocre, you know, and it hurts a lot. And I think that These are the crosses that God has given me to bear. But it's hard when you feel like an outcast. When you're the one who always starts the conversations like through text and stuff and it feels like nobody wants to text you. Like I'm the last person on someone's mind. And I know that that that's not true. That people have busy lives. But... I often wonder if people ever think about me, you know, what people, how people react if I disappeared, 
you know, it's not like in a suicidal way that I've ever felt like that, but I wonder, would people miss me? Like, would friends miss me? Like, I know my family would, but would friends miss me? Because I don't know if I have ever felt like myself in front of my friends. And it's like, it's only the raw, unfiltered version of myself that I present on these podcasts that sometimes people get to hear. And even at times, what I put on here isn't even a fraction of what I feel or what I'm going through. You know, it's just, it's just, it's so hard to feel confused. It's so hard to feel stuck on the outside. There's nowhere to go. Because it seems like so many people are in, are in the inside, living their lives. And here I am, broken and confused, conflicted, overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that I have to do before I graduate. And I cannot tell you how heavy everything is weighing on my heart. Because I don't feel good enough and I don't feel ready. And I know God says that it's for that very reason that I am. I know he's saying that to me. But I often wonder why God hasn't been giving me answers. Why I am as scrupulous as I am now. Where it's getting to the point where every little thing that I do, I obsess over and think that I'm unworthy of God's mercy. Even if it's something super small and stupid. And, you know, I feel like because I'm acting the way that I'm acting, like, I'm worried that, you know, (laughs) God's not going to be compassionate with me when I meet him face to face. Because he's going to be like, why didn't you trust me? Why didn't you believe in me? You know, why didn't you love me the way that I did to you, you know? And I just don't know why I can't. (laughs) And I wish that I could remind every single person on this planet that it's not too late. But it's not my duty to save everyone. And I have put this very burden on my heart and on my soul to do so. Um, My mom lost a friend recently and I blame myself for not praying hard enough or not making enough sacrifices. You know, I was like, man, if I just prayed harder, maybe she would have lived. And... It tears me apart because I want to fix everyone and I want to save everyone and I want to remind the dallies of the world that it's not too late. I want to remind people what it means to stay gold and what it means to be gallant like Gally, like Dally was. And I just feel stuck. <laughs> it feels stuck on the outside, but also in the middle at the same time, you know, 
there's the people who have it all together, and then there's people that are completely broken, you know, maybe like Dally. I'm not like Dally, but I still have my own little broken pieces, and I might be damaged. Maybe not as much as he is, but I feel stuck in the middle, you know? Um, sorry guys, I had to pause it. <laughs> uh, pardon me, I'm just really like worked up, but it's okay. Um, anyways, like what I was saying, I wrote that because this book made me realize that it's normal to be on the outside. If anything, it's good. And this kind of leads me back to the Nothing Gold Can Stay poem because I really do feel like Essie Hinton absolutely, like, 100% knew what she was doing when she chose to really tie this poem into her story. So, um, this is a slight spoil. It is a spoil. Um, if you don't want to hear it, just turn turn off this for like the next five minutes or something okay um it is johnny's letter so i'm just gonna read johnny's letter because um it goes really well with what i'm saying with the poem and everything so i'm gonna read the poem first and then i'm going to read the letter and then elaborate on that because i had a lot of thoughts about this Nature's first green is gold, her hardest hue to hold, her early leaves a flower, but only so an hour. Then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief. So dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. Here's the letter. Pony boy, I asked the nurse to give you this book so you could finish it. It was Johnny's handwriting. I went on reading, almost hearing Johnny's quiet voice. The doctor came in a while ago, but I knew anyways. I kept getting tireder and tireder. Listen, I don't mind dying now. It's worth it. It's worth saving those kids. Their lives are worth more than mine. They have more to live for. Some of their parents came by to thank me, and I know it was worth it. Tell Dally it's worth it. I'm just going to miss you guys. This is the part, this pause, <laughs> this is the part that ties into what I'm going to say last night and made me cry. Um, I'm going to continue on. I've been thinking about it in that poem, that guy that wrote it. He meant your gold when you're a kid, like green. When you're a kid, everything's new, dawn. It's just when you get used to everything that it's day. Like the way you dig sunsets, pony. That's gold. Keep that way. It's a good way to be. I want you to tell Dally to look at one. He'll probably think you're crazy, but ask for me. I don't think he's ever really seen a sunset. And don't be so bugged over being a greaser. You still have a lot of time to make yourself be what you want. There's still lots of good in the world. Tell Dally. I don't think he knows. Your buddy, Johnny. So the parts where Johnny was talking about nothing nothing gold can stay, 
it hit hard because I related to those lines a lot. I guess you could say I related to to Pony a lot, or at least how Johnny saw Pony. Um, The part where I said I've been thinking about it in that poem that the guy wrote. He meant your gold when you're a kid, light green. So let's stop. (laughs) Um, Basically... When he said, you're gold when you're a kid, like green. And you're kind of like, gold, like green, what? So, you know, like lush green grass, okay? When you're young, you're just so lush and you're so green. You're full of life, full of newness, full of full of energy and just this spark, you know? And that's gold. And then when you're a kid, everything's new, like dawn. So everything is just so new and exciting, you know? It's your first time going Disney World, or it's just, you know, those little things. Maybe that's a big thing, but just little things. Everything is new, just like dawn, okay? But it's when you get used to everything that it's day. You know, things are changing. You grow up, you move on. You you forget what it means to be gold, what it means to be youthful, what it means to be childlike. And I've talked about childlikeness and, and being a light, you know, and that's where kind of Narnia comes into play with this whole outsiders thing. Um, because I mentioned before how you know, we see how Lucy is a perfect example of being childlike, having that childlike wonder. And she continues to have that, you know, from when she is about like seven years old till she's about 17 years old. So, um, and honestly, to me, that's just so beautiful because she didn't let what the world around her wanted her to believe get to her you know she decided to not get wrapped up in lipstick in tights in boys and she wasn't dead set on staying a certain age her entire life you know she grew up and let herself grow up but she took her childhood with her. She took that childlikeness, that greenness, that's golden, that's new. And she didn't let go of that. But then when it's when Johnny says it's just when you get used to everything. I got caught cut off again. Oh my gosh, y'all, I had got six hours, well, less than six hours of sleep last night, so I apologize. Um, yeah, today's kind of been a rough day. Anyways, when I was talking about the line, like, when you're a kid, everything's new, like, dawn. It's just when you get used to everything that it's day. And then he said, I like the way you dig sunsets, pony. That's gold. Keep that way. It's a good way to be.
So that hit me hard last night. He said heat that way. Like he says he 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 said don't lose sight of what it means to be cold. What it means to hold on to that youthfulness in the sense that you see wonder and beauty in things that people cease to do whenever they grow up and they move on and they think that I'm too busy to do that. I'm too busy to take care of myself. I'm too busy to stop and smell the roses. And I think Americans are really prone to this. We are workaholics, a lot of us. Um, Not that Europeans are, but Europeans definitely recognize the importance of taking time for themselves. Um, And it's even like just imprinted on their cultures to do so and our society is known for being like based off of like how productive you are um and that's not healthy and that's something that I honestly feel a lot of like I base a lot of my self-worth like during the school year and even especially during the summer, as crazy as it sounds, I place my worth in my productivity. When I'm not productive and I'm not accomplishing stuff, I really will get down on myself. So I overwork myself. And because I overwork myself and I take on too many tasks that I can't handle, I take on everybody's problems and emotions that I can't handle that aren't mine to handle. Um, and then I take all of my own stuff on top of that and I guess it made it hard to watch sunsets there was a time in my life this is where it also kind of hurts and you can tell that um I used to be like pony but I'm no longer like that I'm like kind of like cherry now don't have time for that anymore but I am like pony because there was a time in my life where I was having really really bad anxiety when it came to school and stuff and I really wanted to drop out of school obviously I knew that wasn't an option but I really did want to drop out of school I was like I don't think I can do this it was such a trying time in my life so for about a year I got cut off Again, I literally keep saying that, y'all. I'm sorry. People keep, like, coming in my room, and then I have to pause it and everything. Mm. Basically, (laughs) um, I'm probably going to start ending my rant about this. Um, I guess this is kind of an update on my life, kind of where I'm at in my life right now and the struggles that I've been facing in my life and how this has made me feel like, in a way, I'm not alone because there's a reason why S.E. Hinton chose to write about this book chose that specific poem and um just the whole concept of how you know when we grow up we it it becomes day and we forget what it means to be gold you know that dawnness that newness that greenness um that we all lose sight of um because we don't have time anymore. You know, we just have to go to work and then we have to pay the bills and then we have to do this and that. And we have way more worries than we should. (laughs) 
and we for, forget what matters and we lose sight of what it means to be gold and um when I was talking about how there was a time where I really when I, I hated like school was tearing me apart um like I recognize the importance of education and I know I knew that I couldn't just quit and that's just not how I how I am either um I mean I felt very strongly about it but I knew that I couldn't if that makes sense um what would I do to get out of that rut I would watch the sunset almost every night y'all and then I just slowly stopped over time as the craziness in life enveloped me and I lost sight of what it meant to be gold. I just shriveled away. And basically, I, you know, that, that newness, that, that, that gold left. You know, the lines were, then leaf subsides to leaf, so Eden sank to grief, so dawn goes down to day, nothing gold can stay. And nothing in my life has stayed gold since I lost sight of that. And even though, you know, life has gotten harder since then, and I thought I was in a really difficult time then, like, I was able to still make time to watch that sunset. I was still able to recognize how healing it could be. And, you know, and then I lost sight of everything. And I just, I don't know. Everything just kind of falling apart. <laughs> I wanted to grow up. I chose this path for myself. I wanted to move on and say that I didn't have time to watch sunsets anymore. And I'm just done, you know? I just was done with it. And here I am now realizing, man, those two years... <laughs> where I stopped looking at sunsets, I could have been looking at them. And even if it didn't help anything, I still think if I had seen them, maybe I would feel different now. But that's in the past and I can't watch them anymore. At least I can't seem to watch them the way that I used to but maybe I can maybe I still have time to make myself be the person I want to be even though right now it just seems like I can't because I'm confused as heck and I know that the struggles I'm facing are all happening for a reason it's just frustrating when you just don't know why yet. And I might never, and I mean never know why. There are some people who just have their their life whole, all laid out for them. They just know. They just know that I'm going to go to this college 
you know, I'm going to, oh, I got this scholarship. That's what I wanted. Oh, now I'm going to go to med school. And, you know, it's just like there's all these things that just people have, you know, they just follow them, follow them and just check off those boxes. But I'm not that type, you know. And when it comes to writing, that's my passion. I love it. Um, but when I, you know, read other people's writings, like, you know, my friends and stuff who, that's not even their passion. They sound way better than I am, way better than I ever will, you know, and I'm like, might as well give up this dream. And I guess you could say I got caught up in comparisons. I got caught up in the messiness of life. And I thought that I was the only one who had things rough. But in truth, even the people around me that seem to have it all together don't. Because things are rough all over. And I think that God has allowed me to feel the way that I'm feeling. It has allowed me to connect with this book because he knows that I'm not alone. You know, he knows that this will pass. You know, this too shall pass. He remind he he says that in the in the Bible. This too shall pass. And I have to realize that I can't save everyone. You know, I can remind people it's not too late. I can remind the the dallies in the world that it's not too late, but that's not my purpose. You know, that's not my job to save everyone. It's God's. And they have to want to be saved. And it's not my job to have everything all figured out. It's not my job to be perfect, to have it all together, to be happy-go-lucky all the time. It's not my my job to please everyone (laughs) like I want to. Because that's just not what I'm called to do, what you're called to do. And as crazy as it sounds, and I've said this so many times now, this book has reminded me all of that. All of what I just rambled on and on about, especially about what I wrote. Um... Because now, at the end of the day, I have only two things in my mind. God and what it means to be gallant.